Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're looking at Matthew chapters 24 and 25 in particular and looking at the whole concept of Jesus back in 24 said that we needed to be ready. We need to watch for His return. We need to be ready for the fact that one day the Messiah is going to come back for His church, for those who trust and believe in Him. And what we've done is, is from that initial concept there in 24, we've looked at several different parables through the end of 24 and now into 25, where Jesus has been showing us a different component, a different aspect of what it means to be ready for when He comes back. So if you remember, we've, after looking at the whole aspect of Jesus telling us to be ready, He then launched into a parable of two servants, one faithful and one not, and showed us the whole aspect of, of our being faithful to Him while He's gone. Last week we looked at the second parable then, which was that whole aspect of preparedness, of being ready for when He's gone through the parable of the ten virgins. Now we're going to look at the parable of the talents, and we're going to look at another component of what it means to be ready, and that is the issue of responsibility. See, he's going to now communicate to his disciples and to you and I as we read this passage that while he's gone, while the Master is away, he has given responsibilities to you and I based on who we are. They're not all the same responsibilities, but he's given each of us a responsibility for us to carry out while he's gone. And then when he comes back, He's going to hold us accountable for how we were with the responsibilities that He gave us. In fact, let's look at what the parable says. I think it says it better than what I'm trying to tell you right now. So if you notice with me, look at verse 14 of chapter 25. And again, notice how He begins the parable. He begins the parable telling us what the kingdom of heaven is like. So notice what He says. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded them, and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had two talents gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, Lord... You delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, 
I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord, his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited your money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents, and to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What we're going to see here in this passage today is that Jesus is going to explain to us again another aspect of what it means for you and I to be ready for when he comes. We've already seen that you and I need to be faithful. We need to be faithful to what our master has told us already. Now we're going to see that he's already going to tell us that another aspect of that faithfulness is that you and I need to carry out the responsibilities that he has given us. So let's notice a couple general principles first that we see. First of all, I want you to see as a general principle from this passage is, is that the master's departure is seen as an opportunity. Now here's what the master does. He says, guys, he gets his workers together, he gets his servants together, and he says to them, guys, I'm going on a long journey And while I'm away, I'm going to give you some responsibilities. I'm going to give you responsibilities based on your abilities. And here's the responsibilities I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you talents of silver, of gold, of of worth. Now, here's what a talent was. It was a bag that weighed about 60 pounds. So you think about it here. He gave them 60 pounds of precious metal. Now, let me explain to you what the worth is of this so that you understand. For the fellow who received one talent... One talent, the equivalent of that would be 20 years of wages. So you think about how much you're getting paid right now, and you think about being left with 20 years of what you're getting paid. A lot of you would like that, wouldn't you? But this isn't your money. So hold on a second, just so you think it's just what you're already planning to spend on it, you can't. This money is being left for you to manage. And that's what's going on here. And so what happens is, is the... Master's departure is actually an opportunity for these, these servants to show themselves as being worthy, as being responsible, as being able to handle the responsibilities that, what, that the master is giving them. So the delay here, I want you to notice something. Here again is another passage where Jesus is telling us that there is a delay between his departure and his return. Because I remember, because some of you are maybe saying, Okay, George, you're talking about Jesus coming back. Well, man, it's been 2,000 years. 2,000 years. He hasn't come back yet. Well, I want you to understand something here. Even in this passage, what does he say? There's going to be a delay. There's going to be a delay in his return. And the issue with the delay is how are you doing while he's away? And so right now I want you to see a general principle here is that the master's departure is seen as an opportunity. It's seen as an opportunity. Now, next thing I want you to see here is that each servant is given a responsibility. Notice with me, look with me at verse 15. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. 
Each servant was given a different responsibility. I want you to see that. I want you to mark that down in your mind because that's a very important point. Each one of these servants, and see, the master knew these servants. He knew that the one guy could handle five talents. He knew that the other guy could handle two talents. And he knew that the third guy possibly could handle one talent. He understood what the abilities and the capabilities and the giftedness of what each individual was, and he gave them responsibilities based upon that. Now you say, why are you making such a big deal out of this, George? Well, because there's a principle here that you and I need to gain for our lives and understanding. All of us here recognize that Jesus has gone. He said he's going to come back. And it's not an issue of when. It's an issue that he is going to come back and it's going to happen, but we don't know when it is. He's coming back. It's based on what he said. And in the meantime, he has given you and I responsibilities. But here's the point I want you to see. The responsibility that he has given to me is going to differ from the responsibility that he has maybe given to you. In fact, you maybe have more responsibilities than I do, or maybe I have more responsibilities than you do. The point is is that he's given each of us responsibilities to carry out while he's away and to do in service for who? Ourselves? No, for him. So each servant is given a responsibility. Because you maybe are here today and you're saying to yourself, well, God can't use me. You don't know what I did. I don't, that's not the point of the passage. The point of the passage is, the principle of the passage is, is that he gives each and every one of us responsibilities based on our abilities. And you see that throughout the scripture. So for instance, so maybe you have messed up. That doesn't mean God can't use you. What it means is, is that maybe God has a different responsibility for you. That's the point of the passage I want you to see. The opportunity is there. The master's delayed. Every one of us has an opportunity, don't we? And he's given us a responsibility. And I want you to notice something here. He then tells us this. Here's what it means to be ready. Watchfulness is manifested in service. Here's what I want you to see. He's given them the responsibility. So guess what they're to do? While the master is away, they're to do something with those talents. And notice what the passage says. Look at what it says. Look at verse 16. And notice what happened immediately. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them. And what? Made another five talents. Look then at verse 17. Likewise, he who had received two talents gained two more. And then look, of course, verse 18. He who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. See, faithfulness, your watchfulness, your being ready for when Jesus comes is manifested, is expressed in your life by your service. Now let me just stop. I need to qualify this right now because for years in our churches, and I know this, for years in our churches, in our circle of churches, here's what we've done. We've told each other that service for Jesus was one thing, witnessing. And can I be honest with you? That's just one aspect of responsibility. Do you realize that when you read through the New Testament and the Scripture and you see the encouragements and you see the commands about what we're to do, that there are actually far more things for you and I to do as believers than just simply witnessing? There's what? Serving and ministering to each other? Leading a pure life? So many things. I mean, the list can go on and on and on about the responsibilities that we have been given by the Master 
while we're gone. And for us to just reduce it down to one, we're missing the point. And the point is, is that if you're going to be watchful, if you're going to be ready for when Jesus comes, it needs to be manifested in your life. It needs to be exhibited in your life by your what? Service. And I'm not talking about being a Sunday school teacher. I'm not talking about being an elder or a trustee. I'm not even talking about being a preacher. I'm talking about you just doing what God told you to do in your life. Because remember, we've already said it, each one is given what? A different responsibility. And the responsibilities that he's given you are different from the responsibilities that he's given me. And each of us is accountable to God for what? The responsibilities that he's given us. My watchfulness, my being ready for when Jesus comes back is manifested in my service to him and doing what he tells me to do. So those are the general principles. Now, then let's look particularly at the two groups here. What do you mean two groups? Again, remember now, these parables divide people up into two groups. It divides people up into those who truly believe they're faithful to God and those who do not believe those who are not faithful, and sometimes they're described as being wicked, and sometimes they're described as being evil. So let's look, first of all, the wise servants. The wise servants, and see something from them. Look with me at verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Then he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, besides, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Here's a couple things I want you to see. First of all, let me give you this principle. You may want to write this down. This is the words of Andrew Murray, 19th century revivalist. Here's what he says. The world asks, what does a man own? You ever notice that? Used to be a bumper sticker around. He who has the most toys wins. You remember that bumper sticker? That's what the world asks. The world asks, what do you have? Here's what Andrew Murray said. Christ asks, how does he use it? How does he use it? How do you use? How do you use what God has given you? And so listen to me. Here's what a wise servant is. Faithful service is living up to one's potential. The point of the parable is not the total amount earned. I want you to understand that. Because what you're going to see here, first of all, you see one with five, he makes five more. One with two, he makes two more. The issue isn't how much they make. The issue is that they live up to the potential of who they are. Do you understand? Because that's what the responsibilities were given. The responsibility was given to one because he could handle five. And so what? He gained five more. The one who received two could handle two. So he gained two more. They lived up to their potential. Faithfulness is living up to one's potential. Do you understand? When God looks at you, He sees the potential that is in you when He gives you the responsibility that He gives you. Do you understand what I'm saying? God sees in every one of you here, even though you may not see it, sees the potential for service for Him. And so faithfulness, faithful service is living up to your potential because you recognize that through God you can do it. 
Through God, you can do it. And that's what's going on here. They are rewarded for their faithfulness because they lived up to their potential. And then I want you to notice the reward. Notice the reward. How they're rewarded. The reward is greater responsibility. The reward is greater responsibility. Notice something. The reward is the same for both of them. Again, it doesn't mean how much they've done. It means that they lived up to their potential. And so what happens is that they get a greater reward, greater responsibility. Notice what the text says. In fact, look with me. At verse 23, his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Notice this. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of my rest. Here's what the Master is saying. Look, you've been faithful over the things I've given you. I'm going to give you greater responsibility later. So if you're responsible here with the things that he's given you here, guess what? You get greater responsibility later on. That's the point I want you to see. That's the greater reward. What's the difference between the wise servant and then we're going to see the wicked servant here in a moment? Is that the two were working for who? Their master. And because they were working for their master, they accomplished great things. And guess what? Their reward Greater responsibility. And not just greater responsibility, because here's something I want you to notice. Look with me at verse 23. Notice what it says. The last part of verse 23. Enter into the joy of your Lord. What does that mean? Commentators feel that it means that they're going to enjoy the pleasures of the Master with them. Isn't that an awesome thought? That's the reward. That's what's there for the wise servant. But I want you to notice now the wicked servant and notice the things that he is facing. Notice with me verse 24. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown, gathering where you had not scattered, and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. I want you to notice a couple things here. First of all, I want you to notice about this guy compared to the other guy. The other guys, their focus was on who? The master, carrying out their responsibility. But I want you to notice about this guy, he was focused on what? Self. He was focused on himself. Some feel that maybe he was concerned that if he lost the money, he would be in for it. Some thought maybe he was just being lazy. The point of the matter is, is he was focused on himself. He was turned in on himself. He wasn't really concerned about his responsibility. He wasn't really concerned about the master. He maybe even thought that the master wasn't going to come back. And so what he did was he went and hid it in the ground. Now, I want you to understand, because you might be saying, well, that's a pretty poor excuse for a guy to go hide it in the ground. Well, what he did was not uncommon in that day, because they didn't have banks like they have now. And some of you can maybe remember when people stuck their money in their what? Their mattress. But back then, there were no banks. And so what you did was is you went and hid your valuables in the ground somewhere. Of course, that's why we have treasure maps, isn't it? To figure out where we hid stuff. And so this guy is just doing what everybody else did, but his whole point was is he was going to have it there for when the master came back. He would just give it back to them. Why? Because he's just focused on himself. He's not willing to take the risk for the master. He's not willing to put his head on the chopping block, literally, for what Jesus wants. And he was focused on self. Why? Because this brings me to the next point, and we see it here, is he had a wrong view of the master. He had a wrong view of the master. Notice what he says about the master. Look with me. Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, 
reaping where you had not sown, gathering where you had not scattered seed. And I was afraid. The reason why he's not willing to carry out his responsibility is because he's got a wrong view of God. Listen to me. Some of you folks here today, you're operating under a wrong view of God. You're operating under a wrong view of God. You say, what do you mean by that, George? Well, I've already told you, some of you here today, you think you're disqualified. There's no way you could ever serve God again. There's no way that he could ever use me. Or if he knew what I did 10 years ago or 20 years ago or even last week, how can God use me? And so listen, you've got a wrong assumption of God right there. For some reason, you think that you're the only one that he can't redeem. You're the only one that he can't forgive. You're the only one that he can't set right. You're the only one, you're the only one, you're the only one. Now, can I be honest with you? Whenever I read my Bible and read about forgiveness and cleansing, I don't see asterisks that refer to a footnote that says everybody but so-and-so. Every one of us is included in those promises if we trust in Him. And so, you're not fulfilling what God wants you to do, the responsibilities that He's given you, because you, what? Have a wrong view of God. Some of you have a wrong view of Him because maybe you're disappointed by Him. Maybe you asked God to do something and He didn't do it. And so, all of a sudden now, you don't want to work for Him anymore. You don't want to be carrying out the responsibilities for Him because He didn't answer a prayer that you wanted Him to answer. Or He didn't provide something when you wanted Him to provide. And so, for some reason, you think He's less of a God now than He was before. And so, you're not doing the things that you need to do because what? You don't find Him to be who he is. Because you've got a wrong view of him. This is what's going on in this servant's life. But I want you to notice something. Here's the scary thing of the passage. Verse 26, But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reaped where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited your money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. And you say, wait a minute, George, I thought you told me there weren't banks back then. No, there weren't banks, so let me explain to you what that word means. It means money changers. Those who exchange money, they would take money as a deposit. They didn't do it very often, and they would charge interest or give interest for taking money because that's what they would... That was like the beginning of banking, but not the kind of banks that we have right now. But what I want you to see here is notice what he says. Therefore, take the talent, verse 28... From him and give it to him who has ten talents, for to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, and there he will, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here's what I want you to see. He experienced eternal punishment. See, you say, wait a minute now. Hold on a minute. Simply because he didn't do what he was supposed to do, he ended up going to hell? Come on, George. I don't understand that. Well, let me help you to understand it and explain it to you. Remember now, we've gone through three different parables. This is the third parable. And at the end of each parable, Jesus is talking about the issue of being ready for when he comes. And at the end of each parable... He again divides them into two groups. You've got one who is faithful, they get the reward. You have those who are not faithful, they get hell. Here's the point. Again, he's dividing the world into two people. Those who truly believe, 
and those who simply profess. Those who truly believe, who have confessed Christ, it is manifested in their life by faithfulness, responsibility, and service. Those who simply profess, oh, I believe, but they don't do anything with it, it's just simply a profession. It's not true. Guess what? It reflects where they're really at. They're not true disciples. Guess what? When Jesus comes, it'll be revealed. And what? They'll go to hell. And you see, here's the thing. We can't separate it now. How do you know that now? But one day, the ultimate judge is going to judge. And he's going to show who's really ready and who's not. And those who are not. What happens to them? They'll experience eternal punishment. You say, okay, George, now how do we wrap this up here? Let me give you some thoughts. Number one, seize the opportunity. Seize the opportunity. You say, what opportunity, George? Remember now, he's been gone for 2,000 years. His, his coming is delayed, obviously so. So the opportunity is there for you to what? Carry out your responsibilities. And you know what they are. If you're a parent here, you have a responsibility. If you're a spouse, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to be a witness for him in your workplace. You have a responsibility to serve him here in the church. I'm not talking about taking on a position. I'm talking about simply looking across the room and saying, oh, there's so-and-so. I know that they have a need. I can meet it. And you meet it. Reaching out to others around you. That's the point. Fulfill the responsibilities you have. Seize the opportunities that have been given to you. And listen, the responsibilities he gives to me are going to be different from the ones he gives to you. But it's going to be God who gives them to you. It's going to be God who shows you what you need to do. And so you need to listen to Him and allow Him to show you what He needs to happen. So then the second thing is, is are you living up to your potential? Are you living up to your potential? Now, I already know some of you are going to say, well, George, you know, I'm, I'm old. i got gray hair. Well, i got gray hair too. I'm retired. What can I do for the Lord? Look, if you're still alive, God still has something for you. Because can I remind you what God's retirement plan is? This is God's retirement plan. It isn't at 65 you get Social Security. It's when you're done, you're done. Does everybody understand me? When He's done with you, He takes you home. The retirement plan with Jesus is in heaven, not here. And as long as you're able to do something, He's got a responsibility for you. See, every one of us has a responsibility. The question is, are you living up to your potential? God sees an ability in you. That's why you're still here. Does everybody understand me? You're still here because He has something for you to do. Does everybody understand me? When He's done with you, He doesn't need you here anymore. So obviously He sees something in you that can be used of Him. The question is, do you see it? Are you allowing Him to use you to your full potential? Are you living up to your potential? But you've got to be willing to be used by Him. Are you living up to your potential? And that brings me to the final question. We've asked it now several weeks in a row. Here's the question. Are you ready? Jesus is coming back. You don't know when. It's a fact. He's coming back. He said He would come back. We say it's been 2,000 years. He told us it was going to be a long time. My friends, the question is, When he does come back, are you going to be ready? Are you ready? Let's pray.
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.